immersive audio podcast in conversation with industry thought leaders, practitioners, artists, academics, and entrepreneurs discussing all aspects of this rapidly evolving industry from art, science, and business to practical insights and project case studies. We aim to inform, educate, explore, and unite the community. Hello and welcome to the Immersive Audio Podcast. In this episode, I'm very excited to talk about one of my favorite sound design tools. Of course, I'm talking about Krotos and its innovative team behind the technology. For those who never heard of Krotos, please stay tuned. I've caught up with the core team and some industry experts to find out more. Let's find out how it all started. Over to the founder of Fairs. My name is Jar Fes Boteas. I'm the founder and CEO of Krotos. Uh, my background is mainly in uh, sound engineering and sound design, and I've been running the company since uh, I started it back in 2013. For those of you that don't know what Krotos is, we are an audio software company, and our mission is to improve the way people design and perform sound. Since I was a you know a kid, I always liked uh, music uh, and computers. I was a metalhead initially, and uh, you know, I was playing uh, guitar, electric guitar, still play guitar. And, uh, you know, I was playing around with technology and had different doors back then. And, um, you know, I like music and technology, basically. So I decided to um, study music technology. So I went to Crete. Uh, I'm from Athens, initially, originally from Greece, and I moved to Crete to study. And then I moved back to um, Athens and worked in post-production and music composition and a bit of everything around sound, location, recording, advertising. Yeah, that was kind of the start of it. And then I moved to Edinburgh to do a master's in sound design. What's the meaning of Krotos? I guess it's a Greek word. Is there any connection to sound? Uh, Krotos means loud sound in Greek. And it also means it's a name of the god of applause. So it, it has a, a deep meaning. Um, I was trying to find something that works in, in Greek, but also sounds well in, in English as well. No, it's great, especially these days when there's barely anything left to pick up for a brand name. Uh, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Every time we, we make a new product, it's like, going through trademarks and see what exists, what doesn't, you know, finding like everything exists. Yeah, it's quite lucky really to find that name. <laughs> How the original idea evolved into a first product? It all started from my final project. Uh, so I, I was saying I moved to Edinburgh to do a master's in sound design and I was looking to do something that for my final project that is useful, but also interesting. Um, and I had recently worked on making some uh, creature sound effects for a project um, and I found the whole process fascinating because I had to use voice and different effects. But I wanted to make something that allows you to do that in real time because I use a lot of my voice to create those sounds. So we started with Dehumanizer, which is um, a vocal processor that allows you to design complex and extreme um, vocal effects and you can process dialogue. So basically you can create creatures, monsters, robots, and anything in between. And it's all real time. So that was our first software. And I guess that's the first the software we are most famous for. 
Okay, this is cool. Dehumanizer has quickly become industry standard software for creature sound design and is used by leading film and video game studios. I am machine number 32945B. Now fully redesigned and optimized, Dehumanizer 2 is set to become your new favorite plugin. Drop Dehumanizer 2 into your session in any major digital audio workstation. Create dynamic sound design in sync with video or animation. Design complex systems with the click of a button. Save and recall these routings as presets. Automate hundreds of parameters for unprecedented control over your workflow. Move your copy of Dehumanizer 2 between studios with ease using iLock. Get inspired with over 100 high-quality animal recordings and trigger animal sounds with your voice. Maximize the power of the human voice and perform your sound design in real time. Get your copy or try a demo of Dehumanizer 2 at dehumanizer.com. What I did is I made a software in MaxMSP, which is a visual programming language, because I'm not a programmer, that allows you to design and perform your own um, monster, creature, and robot sounds using your voice. So I made Dehumanizer, so that was kind of the the name and the that's how it started. Um, so when I finished with my final project, I was looking to you know find a job in the industry um, while I was doing some freelance work. So I made um, a website and to put my portfolio online, and so people can see my work. And so I put Dehumanizer there. People really liked the video. I started posting in different uh, forums and LinkedIn groups, and people really liked it. So they were asking to use it. So I started giving it away for free. Um, so that was back in 2012. And when uh, people started using it, um, I got a few, I gave it away for free, and I had 2,000 downloads in a few months. So I was like, oh my God, I need to do something about that. So that's kind of how it started. And I started building it, uh, improving it. I worked with a friend who was better than me in programming. Um, and we made the first uh, commercial version, which was Dehumanizer Pro. And that was released in 2013. I also at the same time did some training, uh, learned more about business and about the process of building a company. And it's very different than the skill set I had before. At that point, Matt joined the team. We made Dehumanizer Pro extended, started um, growing the team, hiring more people, and then eventually we released our first plugin, which was uh, Dehumanizer 2. That was the beginning of actually building a company. My name is Matt Collings. I'm the general manager at Krotos. It's quite a nebulous role in lots of ways, but um, one of the main things I take care of is our product development and our product management. So it's um, that takes us all the way through from the, the initial research and prototyping of, a, of an idea into yeah its implementation. Um, I manage the development team, uh, which is a, a team of really talented, really clever people doing the actual programming on the ground. And then I work with um, the marketing and sales guys to to deliver the product best as we can into the market. My background is mainly actually in music rather than sound design. So um, I've worked as a composer and musician um, writing my own music, which is, I've been releasing for 10, 15 years through doing work for dance, theatre and film. Um, and through that, I learnt um, lots, lots of different things, lots of ways of working with sound. I have quite a, an individual and quite unusual way of approaching sound for better, for worse. Um, which has always been 
I think, helpful. And uh, that's always been a very valuable thing at Krotos because we're always trying to do things like a little bit differently. And we're trying to make unusual and powerful audio tools for people working in the industry. My everyday role is quite split. So I work between lots of different departments. Um, I work very closely with the development team, giving them information about the product that we're making. Um, I will often have prototyped uh, the product, so I will know a lot about it. I would have done a lot of research for it. Um, and I'm always talking to users in the market to find out what exactly they're looking for. Um, so it's always it's feeding that information into the development team so they can respond to it and build the best possible tool. Uh, I'm also working with um, designers, both of UI and UX um, on the products themselves, and then also with sales and marketing um, to deliver the product out to the world, basically, and um, to try and communicate best what it is about what it does well um, and how we can get that in people's hands as easily as possible i'm at orpheus through um, edinburgh university um, i did my master's degree here the year before he did so actually at the time i was actually working in the the studios in the university i was like one of the one of the studio managers um, so i got to know everyone who was working on the next the, the following year basically um, i got to know him through that and i saw his dehumanizer project at the university sort of come together slowly over time um, and yeah, I saw, I saw that sort of as it sort of went out into the, the world, which was great and really exciting. Like I think I was excited by it in the same way that many people were. And it was sort of a one man company for a while. And then slowly as the product started to become more and more successful, the first needed some more help in the company because he needed to focus more on the business. So I came in and I started looking at the more on the technical side of maintaining the product and fishing out bugs and adding features to what was then like a, a Max MSP product. So yeah, I, I met Orpheus sort of just quite organically through the university. I joined Krotos in 2015, I think it was. Firstly, as the, I think basically as an intern, basically, because there was a little bit of support um, for Orpheus just to bring on another member of staff. So I started just taking over some of the technical work on the, the existing product, which was a standalone version of Dehumanizer, which was made in Max MSP, because um, I'd already done a lot of work in Max at the university and also in my own freelance work for installations and things like that. I knew it quite well. So I started just taking over that part of the business basically and, and doing bug fixes and customer support and um, adding to the product. So through that process, I think I've kind of been involved with almost every area of the business that there can be, which is all the way down from building the product to doing support, to demonstrating it, to now being on the, the board of the company and working with the sort of strategic direction of, of where we're going and why. All these years later, you continue to bring exciting product and solutions for the community. What are your main core principles and values as a mission for the company today? Our mission now is, you know, similar to Dehumanizer, that it's, it's something that allows you to immediately perform what you have in your mind. Our mission is to uh, improve the way people design and perform sound and reduce the path from your imagination to the final mix. We are all creative people. We want to create sound. And sometimes you have to use all these different tools and you have to do all this editing and all this different things that take away kind of what you have in your mind it takes longer. So our mission is to shorten that path and allow you to perform what you have in your mind and also make it more fun. Did you have to get an investment in the early days to get the company going and to take it to the next level? Um, so initially we were lucky to have sales from day one and that was because the community was very supportive and I gave away the free version then people started donating, they started um, supporting the, the free software. And then we released the first version, which was a commercial. And, and so we had revenue from very, very early days and from big studios. 
Um, so that was really good. Uh, so we grew organically for a while and it was very helpful because here in Scotland, there's a lot of the love grants, a lot of support from the government. So um, I did the Royal Society of Edinburgh Fellowship, which was basically business training for a year. And that included also a salary. So that helped me to learn about business and also cover my expenses. So after that, we applied for um, some grant um, support. So we received uh, grants from uh, the government to develop to more products. And that's how we started the company. Um, that's how we started hiring the first um, people. After that, uh, we raised our first round of, of investment back in 2017 from Leslie Benzes, who is the former producer of Grand Theft Auto and uh, former president of Rockstar North. So that gave us a boost and we might manage to hire more people um, and take it to the next level. Uh, also, yeah, I forgot to mention it was Leslie Benzes and Old College Capital, which is the university, uh, the investment arm of the University of Edinburgh. So that these were our first main investors and Ian Ritchie, which is one of our board members. The team, we are um, 11 people now full-time plus two, three, three freelancers and two board members. Um, so yeah, it's, it's grown quite a bit and it's, it's exciting. After a successful release of Dehumanizer, the team swiftly followed up with another groundbreaking tool named Reformer, whilst picking up some industry awards in the process. Let's find out more. After that, we made Reformer, um, which basically allows you to perform any pre-recorded audio and perform your sound effects in real time via microphone, input audio or MIDI. And it's a sound design instrument. So it's a patented technology that's very, very unique. It's a lot of fun. So that's our second um, kind of product line, let's say. So we received Computer Music Innovation Award for Reformer Pro. We've also received an award for Concept, which is our latest product which was the Sonic State Best Plugin Award of NAM. After that, we make Weaponizer, which is a layering audio tool that allows you to create weapons, whooshes, um, magic, and, and any kind of sound effect that requires layering and variation. The idea for Weaponizer, I think, came from um, Orpheus, who went to GDC um, in San Francisco. I think that was the first time the company attended GDC, and he came back obviously very excited about you know, um, things that were going on. Um, having talked to and met a lot of people working in games, uh, and I remember him coming back to the office and saying, "You know, I, I've, you know, I think we should make a, a product for weapons because we just made one for creatures. Now you need to uh, shoot the creatures." Um, so it was it was this idea that had been floating around for actually for quite a long time as you know this this would be a good idea. This this is something that people are looking for. So I, I just sort of took that that thread and started doing a lot of research and talking to people in the industry about how they currently do it and if we could actually build something that would help them do that better or do it in a different way. Um, and that's how Weaponizer started, basically. And then I started just building up prototypes in Maxim SP and trying them out, trying to do design to um, videos, a lot of videos on YouTube, actually, of, you know, game footage and stuff like that. Just just testing out what I'd built to see, you know, if it was really working, if it was convincing, if it, was, if it helped me to do this type of design faster than it would in a traditional 
way. And it seemed to do that quite well, quite quickly. And yeah, then we, we just started building up from there. Weaponizer is the only all-in-one solution for weapon sound design. Providing a powerful and efficient workflow, a comprehensive library of professionally recorded weapons, carefully designed presets with high-end, real-time synthesis, and unparalleled sound quality, making it the ultimate go-to toolkit for creating dynamic assets. Choose from our comprehensive library of professionally recorded, real-world shotguns, rifles, machine guns, assault rifles, pistols, and weapon foley. Easily accessible via our tag-driven browser, via simple drag and drop, and available in a variety of different mic positions. Import these into our customized engines to design constituent elements and layers of shots with ease. Weaponizer also includes a huge range of design presets to get you started immediately, straight out of the box. Add in-depth variation to your weapons quickly and easily. Activate the synth button to synthesize and process with FM or AM synthesis. Use MIDI to trigger your engines and velocity sensitivity to program or perform precise variations. Sequence or offset your sounds to a built-in timeline, allowing for more precise microtimings between engines and additional flexibility through variation each time a shot is triggered. Hit the fire button to audition. Transform single shots into automatics using burst mode and adjust and automate firing rate to suit changes in picture, frame rate, or for creative design. Utilize our effects panel and use a range of processes to amp up your weapons for that hyper-real sound. Easily combine Weaponizer with your existing workflow or process individual engine outputs with your favorite plugins with ease. Quickly render layers for easy export into in-game engines or your door. Visit KrotosAudio.com to download a demo. Then after that, we made Igniter, which enables you to design and perform and automate any kind of complex vehicle behavior directly in, in your DAW. So you can do everything from everyday sports cars to motorbikes, planes, helicopters, spacecrafts, and, and any kind of engine sound. Igniter um, came from a similar type of um, conversation, really. You know, we, we're always trying to solve um, workflow problems or change the way that people do a certain type of task, hopefully for the better. And, you know, We'd noticed for a while and other people had told us that yeah, working with vehicles in post and games was very challenging and very time consuming. And, and it, it seemed like the same process that people had been using for a long time. So we wanted to try and change that or do something a bit differently again. Same with Weaponizer and Dehumanizer and Reformer. So it was a, you know, it was a kind of low hanging fruit, really. It was a something that we, we wanted to try. And um, uh, we were lucky enough to have one of our programmers who'd actually worked a lot on vehicles before at another company. Um, so he... He came to the project with a lot of expertise and a lot of um, guidance that we built into the project. And um, and yeah, we, we were away really. We we're just trying to put the, the Krotos spin on that way of working as well for, for a different use.
And our latest product concept is an easy-to-use software uh, synthesizer that allows you to create your own patches very quickly and it has a very flexible uh, synth engine that can create anything from traditional synth sounds to more complex uh, textures. And you can also modulate things with audio, so you can modulate any parameter with you know, another instrument or your voice or anything like that. So that's our latest uh, product. And we also have a lot of um, libraries and add-ons that you can additionally get for our main products. One of the things we always try to do is build in performance into um, the workflow um, because we believe this is a really important value and it's a really important way about how you relate to sound. It can really speed things up and it can really help with, you know, inspiring new directions. Um, so we always try to build that into all of our products. Um, so Weaponizer, for instance, you can perform every aspect of the weapon or whatever it is you use it for via a keyboard so it can be a totally performable thing so you can use it to just you know trigger a single shot from a weapon or a single whoosh or single ui event um, but you can also perform the sub layers of those in a really interesting way um, really expressively so a great example of that is um, the body falls collection that is included in weaponizer fully loaded now um, where you can you know perform lots of different uh, falls using lots and lots of different um, takes from different mics and perform that really intuitively um, from a keyboard, which is uh, actually really unique. And with Igniter, it's the same thing. Like The whole system is built up around a, a single control so that you can just have one, one, one control that drives the vehicle and you can hook that up easily to a MIDI controller or anything else that you feed into the system. And so we're, we're trying to like consolidate really complex workflows down into simple mechanisms that you can use easily and really quickly and not necessarily have to be a, an expert to do so. You know, for instance, like, you know, an engine system might, might use lots of layers of um, pre-recorded audio, of synthesis, of effects, of all this type of stuff. Um, and Igniter pulls that together into one system but in a really powerful way that can just be controlled from one control, which is fantastic because all of a sudden now you can perform, you can drive this vehicle rather than having, having to think about it as lots of separate segments of audio that you have to, to sync up to, to screen. Um, something else that kind of binds a lot of our software together is being inspired by approaches in game audio and bringing those out of games now of runtime audio and into um, plugins in your DAW because there's some really um, amazing and fascinating work going on in game audio and the way that audio is used in interactive um, experiences is is really really different from the way it's used in post to linear media but it doesn't necessarily have to be there are lots of um, applications of the same approaches that are really powerful in both workflows and we i think we were one of the first people to, to really start doing that and there's a gap in the market i think there still is really there's still a lot of area that could be explored there we're trying to like streamline a workflow. We're trying to like, you know, identify the, the most important aspects of that workflow and, and bring them all into one box and make it really easy for you to do that thing. So rather than having a lot of quite generic technology or quite generic tools that are, are very, very multi-purpose, we're, we're trying to sort of adapt something to be specific and really helpful for that, that type of workflow.
so that it's really fast and it's really easy and you don't really have to think about it too much because you know the information we get from all of our clients around the world of, of very various levels even from students right up to um, top professionals in Hollywood is that you know the biggest resource the most valuable resource is time you know, everyone is pressed for time you know whether they're on their student project or they're working on a you know Netflix series nobody really has time they need the clients expect the highest quality audio as quickly as possible and the turnarounds getting shorter and shorter and the demands getting higher so that's where a lot of our tools come in and I think why they've been successful it's because we, we tap into that that need really that's very prevalent in the industry right now the tools we build although they are actually tailored to one type of workflow each of them are actually extremely powerful devices in themselves they're almost like mini workstations and something that we hear time and time again is how flexible they can actually be for all sorts of other workflows all of our tools they bring speed of workflow creativity performance uh, and they bring that in in lots of different ways into the workflow and make it available to lots of different levels of experience from student up to high professional working up in hollywood into post-production games vr and um and music so a great example of how the Krotos workflow and Krotos products can help you right now during the lockdown in COVID-19 is that, you know, you may need to uh, perform some Foley or sound effects to to a project and you, you know don't have access to resources, but you do have access to, say, a microphone or two uh, and you've already got libraries that you pre-recorded, recorded for other projects or has lying around. We can really bring those libraries and things back to life in another way for you to produce sound for the projects that you're, that you're currently working on. A great way of using Igniter might be a, you, you've got a project and you, you, have a, you have a short turnaround, you need, need to get this done, but it has a lot of vehicles and you've suddenly discovered that all your production sound is uh, really not come out very well at all and you need to redesign the whole scene from scratch. Igniter is a great tool for you here because it allows you to just simply perform and just sketch in exactly what that vehicle is doing and do it really easily without having to search in tons of libraries, edit tiny gestures up, tiny segments of audio together. You can just perform it straight away, sort of one couple of takes, edit it down and you're done. It's fantastic. That, that saves everyone a lot of time and a lot of bother. So Weaponizer is a really powerful tool to doing kind of any type of creative one-shot effect, really. Um, if you're looking for a bunch of fresh wishes in a project, maybe you've got a lot, something that's got a lot of combat, even hand-to-hand -hand combat. You need loads of punches, impacts, wishes, all this type of stuff. This is a great friend for you. All you need to do is just, as, as you've got that footage playing, you can just have a, a MIDI keyboard out and just start hitting those keys, triggering straight, really good high, high quality audio straight into your session, syncing up really perfectly with your footage. The great thing about the plugin as well is that if you get feedback or you get notes saying, okay, this this isn't right, um, you've still got those same trigger points laid in your session. You gotta do is just switch out to other presets, either from the factory pack or, or presets that you've made yourselves. And all those sync points stay exactly the same and with all the other audio. Fantastic for iteration, for variation, for responding to notes really quickly. All the plugins are available as um, VST, AU, AAX plugins for your DAW of choice. That gives you fantastic flexibility just to work straight to footage or straight within your existing workflow. You don't have to have any other special integrations. This will allow you really, you know, brilliantly to cut straight to footage to do your work um, and also to create lots of variations of assets if you need it for game audio for vr for any other type of media like this it's fantastic as well this is also great for then integrating assets into game engines as well and things like um, wise all the products come with a huge factory library as well we are talking about many many gig of really high quality audio either that be um foley creature creature recordings animals weapons wishes any type of stuff like this um huge weapon library huge vehicle library that will come either within individual products or also as part of our bundles as well which we sell um which provide phenomenal value for money considering what you get 
um, combination of software and library, I think is pretty unparalleled out there right now. So it's a fantastic offering. And you can also always buy additional libraries from us as well. Um, if you need a particular thing for a particular project or you're wanting to outfit a new studio or just get started uh, if you're fresh out of university or something like that. Can we talk a little bit about the integration of Kroto's ecosystem within game engine environment and middleware? Could you share a few examples where that could be potentially quite handy for a sound designer or a developer? We recently announced um, Ignite Alive for Wise, which comes along with our company's uh, Dehumanizer Live for Wise. So we have two of our products available for runtime game audio solutions. Um, these are fantastic um, additions to any sound designer's arsenal, really, because they can save you loads of time in working with your assets directly in WISE itself in terms of Humanizer Live, in terms of processing audio or running uh, effects at runtime and affecting things based on RTPCs or other game design things. Um, and Ignite Live is a really fa fantastic, really flexible hybrid loop and granular solution for runtime vehicles. Um, you can design anything from helicopters, motorbikes, electric cars, um, sports cars, and anything else in between using that single system um, and a single license. So it's a really, really powerful, flexible way of working. So if you're a game developer and you're working on a you know a really big project, uh, you have a lot of um, vocal processing creature design to do. Tunonize Alive is really fantastic for that within WWISE because you can work within WISE, um, do all the processing you need to do um, and also do it then at runtime so that it's a really flexible way of working and um, it allows you some really creative um, options as a sound designer to adjust those processing at runtime. And with Ignite Alive, it's a really flexible way of working with all different types of vehicles. So that single solution can provide you a way to work with your everyday cars, your sports cars, your drones, helicopters, motorbikes, nothing else in between, right up to sci-fi vehicles. And that single solution can be really, really helpful for you if you're designing loads and loads of vehicles for a project and running it at runtime really efficiently. The, all the licenses for um, Ignite Alive go straight through Audio Kinetic. Um, we work really closely with them, with a partnership with them for WISE. So um, you can get a free demo just through the WISE launcher if you're interested in uh, in taking it for a spin. And um, all the licensing and purchasing goes straight through them as well. To learn more how Krotos is helping professionals in the world of audio post-production, I spoke to Mark Lanza, who is a sound designer and supervisor for Sony Pictures Television and the president of Motion Picture Sound Editors. My name is Mark Lanza, and I'm a sound designer and supervisor over at Sony Pictures. I've been at Sony Pictures for a while now. I started at Sound Deluxe. I spent about eight years over there. I've worked uh, at Weddington. I've worked at um, Sound uh, Sound Dogs. I've worked uh, for Steve Flick. I've uh, uh, Creative Cafe. Uh, so I've gotten around Westwind. Uh, I started out in features. Um, originally, I was a computer programmer is how I got started in all this. I didn't have a background in sound or movies and uh, wound up going to Sound Deluxe to try and get them up and running on their first digital system. And, you know, next thing you knew, I was uh, editing and really enjoyed the craft and kind of learned uh, trial by fire. And uh, now I'm doing a lot of TV lately. Uh, TV kind of changed. It uh, it used to be like, oh, you're not good enough to get into features, and, and now TV is like the cool the cool one on the block. And uh, and so there's a lot of great stuff. You know, those guys doing Game of Thrones and all kinds of you know great shows. And so uh, so yeah, I've been at Sony for I think nine years. Uh, this round, I, I had done features over there for five, and then I left for some other places, and now I'm back for nine. 
I was actually an early adopter. His the first version of Dehumanizer, uh, which which was really innovative, but it wasn't anything like the Dehumanizer two. Uh, so so I had I had purchased that, and I thought that was a really cool piece of software. And uh, and then I saw that he came out with a new one. We started to talk. Uh, well, I just used the heck out of Dehumanizer on a. Uh, show called The Odd Squad, which is, uh, it's a short, it's uh, done for a guy over at Sony, uh, uh, James Sims, really super nice guy. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he brought the short in, it's based on a comic book, and we've got like flying robots and all kinds of um, demons and things like this. And the demon is played by a little kid. He's like four or five years old. He's adorable. So you got to make him, you know, sound, you know, sound mean. And, and so at first I was thinking we make him like this, you know, big booming. Da, da, da. And, uh, and so I tried some of that stuff, but it wasn't really working for the kid. And then I wound up just using some of the little tiny creature stuff and, you know, making them like really high, screechy and, you know, high pitch. And, and, uh, so when he's like threatening, you know, doom and, you know, gloom and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this and that. And he's all like pitched up and, and crazy. And, and so Dehumanizer was great for that. And the director thought it was hysterical. So we had a good time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've been using, uh, I used a lot of that on, um, uh, Future Man. Future Man. Um, I was doing design with um, uh, Steve Avila, who uh, who's a big user of Croto stuff. Especially, he loves the um, he loves Weaponizer. He uses the heck out of that. So uh, um, so yeah, we used a lot of that on Future Man, and uh, we actually had an article in one of the one of the magazines. I forget which one. And uh, they interviewed uh, Mark uh, Mark Peterson, and who also does effects on it. Uh, we kind of all you know, took turns. It was, uh, it was a, it was a crazy schedule. We had a lot of very last minute visuals and everything changing. And depending on who was, was in the middle of what other project, they would use one of the three of us to do the design. And we were handing off, like a lot of the times they'd show me like there's a zillion robots storming the, the planet and I design them and then I'd hand them off. And then they'd come up with a new visual. Well, by that time, like Mark Peterson was on it. And then he'd take my robots and he'd refine them to the new visuals. And then he'd go off and do something else. And then Steve Avila would come and do the final tweaks on it for the, the latest visuals. You know, they changed the look of the robots. They changed. Now there are twice as many robots. They, you know, everything was changing like that. It was really crazy. Um, but it was nice because the three of us, we all work right down the hall from each other. We could run to the other one's office and just say, hey, you know, uh, how'd you do this? What were you thinking for that? Um, you know, and just just hand off from person to person and try to try to maximize our, uh, you know, our our creative input and minimize the time it took and uh, and, you know, make something that sounded cool. And so there are a lot of times where where something was designed by two or three of us that wound up on on the stage and, you know, on the screen. If for some reason they're not digging the the sound of, you know, the weapon, the gun, whatever it is, uh, it's really easy to keep the timing and just change the sounds around. So that saves you a lot of time if the client's like, hmm, can it be a little more blah, blah, blah? You're like, yes, it can. And you don't need to recut the whole scene. Um, and then uh, uh, Reformer Pro has saved me a lot of time because I'll be making some kind of like footsteps for, for a creature or whatever, and I'll put some stuff in there. And 
if I was cutting it, I'd have to like kind of spot every footstep. What I actually did on one of them, the, the creature was walking along and I had a microphone and I do little mic taps every time the creature's foot went down. So I just visually did it. And then I replaced my taps on the mic with sounds from Reformer Pro. So I didn't need to sit there and cut every sound. And then of course I did a little adjusting here and there. I'm like, oh, that one's a little late and you move it up. But I wound up cutting the whole creature, you know, running around scene instead of hours. It took me, you know, 10, 15 minutes to cut. And uh, that saved me a lot of time in the workflow. Well, you know, the Krotos tools, they uh, they make you seem better than you are. They, uh, <laughs> they, they make creativity uh, a little easier in some respects, or at least give you a direction maybe you weren't even thinking. Um, I've Usually when I start to design something, I've got a sound in my head that I'm trying to create. And you start throwing your stuff into some of the, the Krotos software and trying different presets, and you start coming up with new ideas. So it winds up like you you wind up with things that you didn't initially think of. And either you can go with some of those presets or you can tweak them a little more to what you were thinking. And so it winds up being sort of a creative, uh, you know, middle ground between what you were thinking and what you're coming up with using some of the, the tools. You're like, I didn't even know I wanted to go that direction. And here we are. And I, you know, sometimes you like it better. You're like, this is kind of cool. So, so that's kind of cool about it. And I throw stuff, sometimes I'll just be sitting at home uh, and I'll throw a wind into uh, dehumanizer or something like that and just start playing with it and and you know naming it something that where I can find it later and just creating new sounds um, stuff I'm not even looking to put in a project something that's like oh man that's a really cool effect when I put this through it I wonder if I put that through it what what's gonna happen what's gonna happen if I put a car into this plug-in or a you know a lion roar into that plug-in and you wind up just sitting and creating and playing and making new sounds and and you know, every once in a while, then you'll you'll have a new project, and you'll say, "Hey, I remember those sounds I created that day using Krotos. Those would work for this." And so you wind up making a new grab bag of of interesting new stuff. It can be either stuff that you've recorded or even from a library. But now it's it's all yours. You know, it's it's completely unique now that Krotos has gotten through with it and created something different with than from what you started, and and it's a whole it's a whole different ball game now with the uh, uh, with the things that you can take manipulate and put into new new genres and new new arenas. So uh, so yeah, the Krotos definitely they're they're a mind expanding kind of a tool. I love the the heavy design stuff that comes out of Krotos, where you can just you know uh, come up with things that you weren't even thinking about. So that that's why I love the Krotos tools. I also spoke to Bjorn Jacobsen from Kuja Sound based out of Denmark. Bjorn is an experienced sound designer for AAA video games. He told me how Krotos tools enhance his sound design workflow and fuel his creativity. My name is Bjorn Jacobsen. I am 39 years old and I live and reside in Copenhagen, Denmark from where I work at my own sound design studio now, which is called Kujo Sound. Um, previously, I've, I used to work in-house for several companies in the AAA or major indie uh, video game industry. 
big companies like for Cyberpunk 2077, for Hitman, for EVE Online, a couple of really big games which I've been fortunate enough to work on. And then after a, a long time, having been abroad, traveling back and forth, working for various companies, I basically decided that maybe it was time to jump off the race of, of working in-house. Um, so I decided to quit and moved back home to Denmark from from where it all started and then simply just started the studio here. On a, on a daily basis when I work, I sort of like just, just get up in the morning, I get ready, I prepare a short list of what do I need to do today. Of course, that, uh, that probably changes along the day because stuff comes in, stuff needs to be done faster or slower or whatever. But normally that's that's how a day progresses. I usually just sit in my chair in my studio in front of my computer all the time because most of the stuff I work on is either the source content is usually library based. I don't do very much recording of Foley and stuff like that, but I generally sound design of on a computer or with equipment probably 50 or 70 percent of my job is to implement sounds rather than actually design them um which of course you could say is part of the design process but that's a typical day for me normally when i sit and work i it's quite common in the game industry that we have um People usually work in in Unity or Unreal. I know that there are there are some companies who have their own engine, but it's becoming more and more common that people have their own custom versions of those engines. Um, generally, I work in the middleware you of uh, called Wise, um, not because there's there's anything wrong with with FMOD or other equivalents to it, but that's most of the projects that I have these days are using Wise as a as a middleware, which makes it fun and easier when when everybody's using the same thing um probably I, I would probably say that right now that is the industry standard nobody knows if that's gonna stay but wise and unreal is my go-to tools these days for a couple of several years ago i got in touch with orpheus just through uh, ordinary sound design communities back when he was a student in Edinburgh. He was just chatting back and forth very briefly, uh, Orpheus of Crotos. And then there was one day where, where um, Matt and Orpheus wrote that they were in Copenhagen. I actually don't remember why they were there, but I asked them, like, do you want to come by the IO Interactive Studio so that you can see what we're working on, how what we're doing for Hitman the parts I could show them, not everything, of course. Um, so they they literally, like, from one day to the next, where we had only spoken briefly online and had no contact whatsoever, suddenly they came to visit me at the IO Interactive Studio. I showed them around, and we had some chats about what kind of tools would be really nice to have, how does dehumanizer work. They showed me, I think it was just around the time that they had released Dehumanizer 2. Maybe they were traveling around to show it off, but... I did see some parts of Dehumanizer 2 where we where we were chatting uh, about how does this work? Why is this cool? Um, so then we got in touch. And then after that, I've, I've been doing a little bit of, of, of beta testing of their products. Also helping back and forth, just getting giving them feedback on what I would like and so on. Also, Matt has been very kind to previously have some really long debates with me about what kind of tool would I like in the future. Not that my word is law, in any way at all but but like just asking like what would be a nice tool for you to have not that i'm giving away company secrets or anything about the tools that we have at companies but 
more like in general, it would be really nice if there was a tool where I could create a car. I think I told Matt that once and then they made Igniter. So <laughs> I I don't take I don't take credit for that, but I remember that was one of the things we talked about. When it comes to the Crotus products there are at hand, um I've worked a lot with Reformer and Reformer Pro. It's back in the time when we were beta testing Reformer when the tool literally couldn't do anything except you could just say something and it would come out as as a sound that you had added as a sample, basically. I use that a lot to simply um, through, that's actually also how I prefer to work, just make long effect chains and long processing chains in some sort of DAW or in, in an editor. Um, but with Reformer, I just made long lists of raw material that I would just feed into into reformer then it would come out as you know something else and then use that as source material for something else and so on so i've i really like the um uh, the reformer and the, especially the reformer pro now that you can make your own libraries and stuff for for simply just generating generating content um i very much like to work uh, in that creative fashion where it's not as much it may sound like i only live on making happy accidents and record that. And that is partially true, but I really like to know exactly what I'm feeding something and kind of know what I'm expecting to get out and then make probably hundreds of variations and then keep a a handful of those. But with Reformer in the beginning, when there was only one library and it it was just the ordinary Reformer version when Reformer Pro wasn't a thing, um, I remember that I think it was only a Jaguar library or similar. And the possibilities for that was, of course, only to generate this this animal sound. So I used that for a couple of monster sounds that I made. But I also found out that that um, that if I like changed the raw material, you would sort of like break the algorithm, like like not hacking the tool, but you would sort of like break break reformer in the way it would work because it was expecting that there was a jack you out roar in a certain way in a file that would be generating depending on what you would feed it. But if you altered that source material, then it would sound completely different. So you could get some really glitchy, weird stuff out of it if you sort of manipulated the source material like that. It didn't sound super good, but after quite a while experimenting with it, I got some really nice stuff out of it. And I did discuss it with with Matt and, and Orpheus about um, this is before Reformer Pro, that the ability to be able to change source material and sort of like force it to sound wrong, as, a, as in, you know, the possibility to over-tweak something for, for no particular reason would actually, from a sound designer's perspective, be the fun part. Because if, if, if you have, you know, if you have limitations of, let's say, generating footsteps and it will always sound like footsteps what's like then sure that may be fun but if i am to be creative with the tool i would like it to make that footstep sound like a giant dragon all of a sudden that was possible with uh, with the way reformer pro uh came out and turned out because you literally feed it anything you want um made some really really fun libraries with it and some of my reformer reformer pro sounds they're in several games i've given source material to lots of friends and help them out. Um, my daughter, my daughter that screams and run it through some processing in Reformer Pro, and then give it to my friend Joshua, who who put it into Elder Scrolls Online and so on. Um, it's 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 in a lot of games. Some of the source material that I made, um, 
I don't take credit for that Elder Scrolls Online sound of, at all because Joshua did it. But I did just give him the source material that I made in Reformer Pro. So for a lot of the products that I've worked on, I have added um, lots of, not let's say as part of the final processing used Reformer or Dehumanizer or tools like that, but I have, as part of my design process, used it to generate source material that I then later put together into something maybe completely different. Um, and for Dark, um, a video game that I sound designed, which was uh, fortunate for me, very very well received for its sound design. Um, a lot of the sounds in Dark is, we, you know, we we had these rules where there there is a hospital scene, so I went to a hospital to record stuff, and there are lots of footsteps. I recorded them on the actual material that it's on. Uh, there are some basement sounds. I actually went to a basement to record that. So it was very like trying to be true to some things. Uh, manipulated the, the hell out of those sounds so that they had would have nothing to do with an actual hospital anymore. But just the rule about that the source material came from there. And Reformer played a big part in how those sounds would come to life because if there was metal scratching or similar sounds like that, um, sometimes... Instead of the way Reformer probably was meant to be used, like you would have like click, click, click sounds, and it would come out as uh, some metal wrench dropping on the ground saying clank, clonk, clonk, whatever, to generate that. But then actually sometimes feed the same sound into itself. Like in um, in Dark, we used it a lot for voices where would literally generate a monster sound, a monster voice of something or a breathing but then cut that into pieces and then feed it into a different breathing library. And eventually you would get these really weird uh, breathing patterns where stuff was mixed together. Um, so none of the sounds are basically reformer used as a one-time thing. It's more like generating source material that I either use on their own or feed back into reformer uh, or to humanizer. could be anything really. Um, and then for cyberpunk, we were, prototyping a lot of uh, tools from from Krotos. But in the sound design that I was creating when I was at the company, a lot of metal clanky sounds and so on was made with Reformer, where taking a library that just has metal metal clicks and metal sounds, and then uh, basically with a sampler, uh, with a tiny, just with a click as the sample, sit and watch a linear sequence of something and then just tap on my keyboard whenever I needed uh, the, the the click to be there. And so to generate sort of MIDI patterns that would trigger sounds that I could then manipulate, which would then feed into Reformer and generate the metal sound that I was looking for. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to create uh, sand patterns and material patterns like feed probably probably like 20 or 30 minutes of of sand recordings sand that's false on the ground sand that is being touched and so on um both short and long samples feed that into reformer and then try and use reformer as a sort of like uh let's say bullet impact generator for sand and so on just just to trying to get source material out of it and it worked really well um they made a Wise plugin, I remember, which I tried to get working. I never really fully got it working, but that was because it was also beta and I stopped working at CD Projekt Red, so I stopped using it. But that that was sort of like the whole point of where you could, you could generate, let's say, bullet impacts or footsteps and so on. And that sort of, I took that idea further later 
So instead of using the wise plugin part of, of the product, I would just simply try and generate sounds with with MIDI, like after I became a freelancer and moved back to Denmark, just throw MIDI at a sampler and then use that to generate sand or tiny, tiny things. Of course, the way I normally produce and then feed it into this long effect chain and it would come out as something else. But but Reformer as as sort of like my main, the first step in the process. So my tiny clicks in my sampler would become a wrench on the ground, and that would that would in with processing become this metal sound that I would use. It was quite quite creative. I was really inspired by using those tools, but also just to produce layering of breathing back and forth. Put an hour of Ventolin breathing recordings into Reformer, and then just have Reformer as a normal tool and then just breathe normally and it comes out as total Darth Vader. It was, it was really fun, really creative tool to sit and work with in the studio. I really appreciate it. When it comes to uh, how I work, I don't work very time efficient. Um, but the Krotos products, especially like Weaponizer and those tools, they, they help me sometimes speed up my creativity. Weaponizer I use a lot to like, I actually don't really use the synth in there, but I use it to generate layers of various sounds combined and just make random versions of stuff. Um, like, not necessarily for gunshots, but if I have uh, rumble and debris and so on, then add layers and use it as random containers. Basically, as, as you could in WISE in a game engine, but sometimes I don't work in WISE and I just need it in my in my DAW or in my editor just to fire stuff at it. Um but I really enjoy uh, the Krotos products because they, they give me, okay, maybe not unlimited freedom, but they give me some freedom as in terms of, of as soon as I have a little bit of understanding of what might come out of some specific input, then it really feeds me creativity to try and feed it that, but then alter what uh, manipulates that sound and what it comes out as. And then... The way I work a lot is to simply, instead of working towards something specific, then sit and just creatively try and make cool sounds. Spat out uh, hundreds of source material files, save it in a folder, and then name them. I don't know, this is an alien spitting, an alien vomiting. This is a spaceship taking off, um, super gun, tiny click, this and that. Edit it all out and then save it. Um, and in the end, that might not properly be credited as sounds that come from Reformer or from Dehumanizer or Weaponizer or anything like that. But all those tools, Weaponizer, Reformer, Reformer products, um, Krotos products in general, are all part of my effect chain to generate these libraries that I have. And I simply just save them on my hard drive named in these weird naming conventions. But then maybe they're forgotten for a long time, but then someday when I need this very, very specific click, I might in my head remember, oh, I made these really awesome clicks. I had this one day where I was just making clicks uh, or a couple of hours where I was just making clicks um, with Reformer. Then I dig into that library and use that maybe in a completely linear fashion uh, when I design something else, you know, in, a, in, a, in my Cubase session or whatever I use. Just maybe just as a simply unedited, completely raw material sound, but that sound was generated using the Krotos products, or they were at least part of the effect chain where I generated stuff. So I find the Krotos products really sparking creativity, mainly because 
they can be used for what they're intended to be used for, but I like to tweak them quite a lot and then feed it back into itself to simply generate material that I that I actually have no idea what I'm going to use for, but eventually I will use it. Alfreas, what's on the horizon? What's the next big thing for Krotos? What we're looking to do in the future is um, use machine learning and AI to improve our software and also uh, develop new software that reduces the path from your invagination to the final mix, to the final sound. Um, we're looking at different workflows that can help even bigger part of the audio community and bigger part of people that create content in general. So we have a very um, ambitious product roadmap and we're looking to actually scale the company. We're excited about the future. The other thing we are looking at is um, using reformer technology um, to create sounds on the fly in real time for immersive applications. Um, so basically using data or sound to drive sounds instead of having to manually kind of edit them and just put them in a container and having to choose multiple, you know, a few sounds. We want to create a dynamic system using the patented uh, reformer technology that we have. And we think that this would be uh, crucial for immersive applications. And basically we're talking about um, sample-based procedural audio and a way to manipulate existing recordings in a very unique way um, that can be expanded and can um and it can all be done in real time. So that's this is one of the main areas that we're looking at, uh, basically taking the reformer technology to the next level. I know you support academia by offering students and academics a generous 50% discount across all your products. Can you tell us more? Yeah, we, we think that academia is very important and it's very important for people to um, you know study sound. We support students and teachers because we think they provide very helpful work to the to the industry so we think that offering a discount to to those people is going to help them incentivize them to try our, our tools and use them so they can improve their workflow and you know help the industry as a result of that you know we're we're grateful to that side of the industry as well so we've also collaborated with different academics and um, with the university so we want to give something back as much as we can. For anyone who has never heard of Krotos, or perhaps have heard of Krotos, but never had a chance to try for their project and play with it creatively, what would be the easiest way to get hold of a copy of one of those plugins and uh, have a go? So you can just go to our website, krotosaudio.com, and you can just download any of our software. We have free 10-day demos that are fully functional, and you can just, you know... Um, use them instantly in any door and have a play yourself and see what you think. Can you share one piece of advice with our audience that really helped you in your career? Okay, so I would say um, be open. Be open to new ideas. Be open to learning new skills, understanding different um, arts, different crafts, and that will help you in, in your journey. In audio especially, there's so many things you can do. You can do editing, mixing, designing, uh, recording, and I suggest people trying all those things to see what they prefer and also maybe they can do something completely different. Um, like me, I started from audio and ended up doing something different, but still related to audio, but in a different way. So I think people, it's important to be open about those things, talk to people, um, network, go to different events and keep experimenting and keep innovating and keep having fun. It's uh, exciting how many things are happening now and how technology is 
changing our world and we have access to so much information so yeah i would say people should uh, try to take advantage of that and um yeah trying to learn and enjoy themselves and trying to see what what success is for them and for everyone is different before you go we want to hear from you if you'd like to let us know what you think about our show please take the quick survey in this episode's description It'll help us make the immersive audio podcast even better. We really appreciate your feedback. You've been listening to the Immersive Audio Podcast. This episode was produced by Oliver Cadell and Michelle Chan and included music by Inobs Bergamo. If you can, head to our page on iTunes and leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out in pushing our show further. The podcast is also available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Visit 1618digital.com to access the show notes and other episodes. Follow us at 1618digital on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.